Ooh, you didn't tell me you were a brainiac. Welcome in to Leather Brains. Your host here, Slapdog, and boy, do we have an episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about contenders and pretenders. So all of the NFL teams, we're not going to we're not going to discuss all of them because there are very obvious contenders and there are very obvious pretenders. So we're going to be talking about those people who are kind of on the fringe for either side. So we've got that for the meat of our episode. We're going to be talking about some Saquon Barkley, some Stefan Diggs. We're going to answer some questions, but I cannot do this alone. I am joined here by Yeti. Yeti. Hello, hello. How are you? Welcome aboard. It's great to hear your voice. Beautiful day, man. And we got somebody else in the studio. We do. We actually have our producer who's usually just kind of behind the scenes, but he wanted to get in front of a mic today. We got Scotty. Scotty Del Rey. Sup, babies? What's going on? It's good to see you, man. It is good to see you. It's good to see you. It's good to hear you. It's good to be here. We don't usually get to be graced by your presence, so yeah, I'm glad you came up from the dungeon. You're here with us. Wow, well, I'm still, still kind of in, in the dungeon. As you can, yeah. I'm losing, I'm losing all my light bulbs. I think I had to buy twelve light bulbs over the last two weeks. I don't know when the last time they were replaced was, but they all went out at the same time. I still got one out in my bathroom. Half of them are out in my basement right now. It's rough. Yeah, you look That's like a good you're, look. Yeah, you're in a dungeon. Mm. It suits so. me, I think. Yeah, just work on the lighting. We'll just. We'll just say that. All right, gentlemen. Enough banter. I don't. I don't really want to talk to you guys about just bullshit like light bulbs. I want to talk football. So let's just get down to business. Let's get down. Let's get down to business. First piece of news: Tyreek Hill hit a man. Mm. Yes, he did. He was under investigation for allegedly striking a marina employee, but the charges were dropped. We found out right before we clicked record. So. Fret no more. Tyreek Hill is once again a free man, and he can punch Marina employees at his own leisure. Mm. Don't recommend it. Doesn't seem very nice. It depends on what he I did. think something's going on. I, I think something's going on with the entire Kansas City team. I think Andy Reid just has such a short leash on these guys that once they're gone, it's just like, like eventually they're going to break. Mm. What do you think? True? I don't. We don't know the whole story. I mean, as far as we know, Tyreek Hill could have been defending a, a a young woman who was being verbally accosted. Yeah, he could be the hero of the story. Accosted, huh? Yeah, we don't. We Do you think no a idea. marina employee was verbally accosting a woman? Bro, those marina Never employees know. are definitely drug addicts, and they they their lives oh, are on the okay. rails. All marina employees are like that. All of them. But there's no exception. A little extreme. No, I, I think. If you work in a marina, you're a meth head is basically Here, what you're saying. Here's what I'm saying. It's a marina in Florida. So this guy was definitely, uh, he was either a skinhead, which that would explain it by itself. But he also could be, and I think more likely, is a real skinny white guy who loves cocaine and has dreadlocks and just does nothing but talk shit. And Tyreek Hill said, I'm okay. not dealing with that shit today. Why is a guy, like, <laughs> there's going to be no marinas in the middle of Nebraska. Well, that's true. Right? That's the marina so they're going to be on a coast. Downfall. Yeah, but Florida in particular. Yeah, what's your experience with Florida? Uh, like we, have mar- we have marinas in Nebraska. Employees. It's just it's just lake marinas. Yeah, they're just not as popular. Yeah, they're nice. The people there are Because there's less water. Okay, so they're not all methods. <laughs> Pro- point proven. Next conversational topic. 
Saquon Barkley. This is actually some uh, some interesting news. So Saquon Barkley and the Giants reportedly resume contract negotiations. So for those that do not know, Saquon Barkley still has not signed his franchise tag, and there is there is some murky water that has been uh, thrown his way, so to speak. There's been a lot of conversation around this. Saquon Barkley is expected to be back with the Giants on a one-year fully guaranteed tag it's just a matter of whether he's going to get the security that he wants that was a tweet that was sent out by ian rapaport he still has not signed it and and it sounds like it's probably going to get done are you guys concerned about that for you know redraft we still have time right we still have plenty of time for redraft leagues before we have to figure this out but do dynasty owners of saquon barkley hit the panic button for fantasy football as a Saquon Barkley owner in Dynasty, I don't feel a reason to be concerned at this point. It's June. A lot of veterans are going to be holding out regarding their contract situations right now. Um, I think the what's important to note here with this piece of news is that Saquon is going to play. He plans to play the season. It's just a matter of getting that security that he wants, which is probably a three-year, four-year deal as he's, you know, he's 26 years old. So this is going to be his last big contract. So I understand he probably wants that security. And um, he's came out and said that he doesn't want to be the highest paid running back. He just wants it to make sense. Yeah. And we're going to see a lot more of this going forward, too, with the running backs being sort of phased into the background of NFL teams. And, you know, teams don't want to pay running backs because their shelf life is short. And so running backs, conversely, are going to fight hard to get as many years on their contracts as they can. So you're going to see a lot more of this going forward. Which is fair. I think, you know, if I was in his position or any of these running backs positions, you want to get paid. Let me ask you this. If in a dynasty format, Matt Breida is still a, is is sitting on waivers right now, and you have the bench step, you grabbing him just in case. I I honestly don't think so. I think nope. it's a waste of a spot because Barkley he's gonna play. Uh, that the franchise tag is ten point one million dollars guaranteed, which is that's still top five for running backs uh, as far as getting their money. He just wants that extra years those extra years on top of his contract so Mm -hmm. i i don't think there's any risk of him missing the season yeah i think the risk is still bigger for injury than him just not playing yeah sure and i think you know saquon barkley's history you know he has faced some injury adversity throughout the years and last Mm. year he you know he came back and looked great but still worth mentioning as the injury could could happen to him very quickly and then perhaps Matt Breida is is very uh, quickly thrust into that running back one role for this team but do you think Breida would get the same volume as Barkley I doubt it completely no different no players, you know sure but I mean as a late as a bench stash you know for and you're not expecting anything if you have the depth for it I don't necessarily hate it but I agree with you I think they're going to come to to some term here I think and there get are a lot out. better handcuff options sure yeah. Uh, next piece of news, Stefan Diggs is reportedly frustrated with his role in the Buffalo offense, which is kind of surprising to me, to be honest with you guys. So uh, Diggs, he saw 156 targets last season, meaning it was the fifth most among starting wide receivers. So is there room for Diggs to even grow in this offense? I mean, he he is arguably one of the top tier not even arguably it's it he is a top tier wide receiver in the nfl that's who stefan diggs is he has proven it with all the teams he's been with he has proven it with josh allen is there still room for him in this offense to continue to grow 
Well, I wanted to ask this question, but that's fine. Well, why don't you answer it? <laughs> yeah, I'll why don't answer, you answer it. it. Um, in in my opinion, I, I think what Stefan Diggs is probably most concerned about in, in this offense is that he's not getting the ball when it matters the most. Because this dude is seeing 156 targets, as you mentioned, like the fifth most amongst starting wide receivers. That is, how can you get any more targets possibly? And when you start to break it up. I'm kind of wondering if he's wanting to be that go-to guy. And Josh Allen has came out and said, you know, that's my bad too. Like what's going on with Stephon Diggs is partially my fault. We can can communicate better. So I'm wondering if they're just not on the same wavelength. Like if Stephon Diggs is kind of wanting to do what Travis Kelsey can do with Mahomes. Like Mm. we've heard Travis Kelsey say he just improvises some of the routes. I wonder if Stephon Diggs is wanting some of that freedom too. And the ability to be like, Hey, instead of running a slant route, I'm going to, you know, drift out and do. um, Sure. But like, I mean, you got to look at it like, maybe Josh Allen doesn't own the offense well enough to be able to, do, or is not athletic enough to do that. I don't know. I mean, you could sit there and make a lot of arguments. I think in the, the, the Kansas city offense gives, there's a lot more freedom in that offense to, to be able to do things like that. And, and perhaps the, the bills offense is not set up in that way. I mean, Diggs, he, he when he was traded to Buffalo, he was quoted in the USA today saying they sent me there for shit, not to go well, in my opinion, not to have the career I've been having. So he, He's kind of set himself up when he first landed with the Bills to to say, hey, they're expecting me to fail. And then before he went to the Bills, when he was still with the Vikings, he just he no-showed for practice one time. He got a 200 k fine for that. With the Bills, he screamed at Josh Allen after their playoff loss in 2022. He stormed out of the stadium without talking to his teammates, and he skipped all voluntary workouts in the offseason. And we noticed that, right? I, I remember that game. We talked about it on a previous episode, and we said, Stefan Diggs, you know, the cameras were on him. He fucking dipped. He wasn't a team player. It was all about him. He continues to post some cryptic bullshit on social media, like He's these cryptic tweets and stuff, and he too. has. So, I, I mean, like, do you just sit him down and say, grow the fuck up? Yeah. Because well, while he is an athletic talent, he's still, like, he. some of these things are, are, are my opinion, pretty childish yeah well and so i agree with you wholeheartedly because i i do think he has a history of being sort of pedantic and childish and causing problems for himself but there was something i saw today i was looking into it because obviously he gets all the targets in the world but in the fourth quarter josh allen has a really hard time getting him the ball that's true and he throws him the ball a lot but there are a lot of them are incompletions and it's just you know the stress of the game at that point in time obviously the pressure's on but also his um his routes run per drop back did decrease this last year where he dropped below 70 or dropped below 80% for the first time in his career uh, this last season with Buffalo, uh, as far as routes run go showing that, okay, even though he's getting a lot of targets when he's on the field, he wasn't on the field as much as he has been in the past. So people are speculating maybe that has something to do with it. But at the end of the day, man, he just has proven time and time again that he's just kind of a crybaby, and he just needs to grow up. He's on one of the best offenses in the league. He's got a he's got a great opportunity to you know make a great deep playoff run. Uh, he just needs to buck up here and, and stop being so self centered. And it's worth noting too that he's almost thirty years old. So at this point in his career, like there is no you just need to change your way. Like he he's going to be stuck in his way, right? Like 
there's no way in the next two years that he's going to all of a sudden be like, yeah, I'm okay with my role. Like he's yeah. going to stop doing the same shit that he's been doing for the past six, seven years that he's been in the league. Well, and, and whether this is true or not is we, we won't know, but some of the frustration a lot of people have said is because they still have not signed D hop and he wants hop to go there too. So, and I'm, I'm just saying that I don't know if it's true or not. I've just seen the murmurs of that throughout my travels and in, in the NFL space I just want him to grow up. Like I, I just want him to grow up. I want him to be be a mature adult. You are a professional who's getting paid a shit ton of money and on a very successful, potentially Super Bowl winning team. So grow up. Let's let's yeah. let's act like men here. Be a leader. Because it's hard to see guess them what? There's a lot the of young guys in there. Yeah, it's hard to see them winning the Super Bowl with behavior like this, isn't it? Like you you expect you expect a Super Bowl team to come out here and say we're we're here to get shit done. And when the, the entire offseason is centered around you whining and complaining, it makes it hard to envision that team winning a Super Bowl. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, let's talk about the Rams for just a moment. Sony Michelle, he's back on a one-year deal with Los Angeles. However, Sean McVay said that Cam Akers will be a central figure in our offense. Scotty is our resident Rams running back expert. Are you <laughs> I forgot about to that. believe Sean McVay? I don't know, man. I, I lean toward yes. I mean, all all of the offseason hype has been in the Acres camp, um, and he certainly is the best running back there. It's just it's hard to get that taste out of your mouth from last year where we all we all said this going into last season, too. And then he just didn't play at all in the opener. And he was, you know, basically kicked off the team for a period of time. Like, it's just uh, it's weird. But at this point in time, Cam Akers, uh, the potential, the upside is just too high to ignore. Um, so I think I am back on the Cam Akers train. And Scotty, I tend to agree with you because Cam Akers, like Josh Jacobs last year, is in his uh, rookie year or the rookie, the end of his rookie deal. This is his last year on the rookie deal. Sorry, I don't know why the fuck that was so hard to say. Um, and Cam Akers did get off to a really shitty start last season. But once he established his RB1 status on that offense, he took off, man. Uh, from weeks 11 to 17, he was RB11 in PPR leagues. Dude averaged 14 PPR points per game. Like, if I can get that same kind of volume in, in the rounds that he's going, which I think is like late 7th, 8th round right now, I'm going to eat that up. And I, I know he burned a lot of people, but I'm willing to put – the first 11 weeks to the side next year. Um, and it's worth noting too, that Stafford is reportedly healthy cup is going to be healthy and their offensive line, which was destroyed by injuries last year is reportedly healthy as well. Mm. So I, I like cam Akers as a late value guy this season. It's it, his whole story has been pretty interesting, right? I mean, you look at last season, you know, at one point in time, they were looking to trade him. There's rumors. He might even be cut from the team and now he could potentially, be the starting I mean it sounds like he is going to be the starting running back for the Rams this year so like what a what a complete 180 from where where we were at last year with this entire acres situation you guys think that the Rams or the Broncos have the most improvement potential for this season Broncos. I'm gonna say the Broncos yeah they had like the worst offense in the NFL yeah there's nowhere to go but up for the Broncos yeah, exactly the Rams we kind of we saw what they were capable of with a healthy team. So my expectation is that they'll be a little bit, they'll be back. I won't say as great maybe, but I mean, pretty on par with, with how they, they operated 
not last season, but the season previous versus the Broncos, who were just absolutely atrocious. So, uh, speaking of running backs, Cowboys running back Tony Pollard is expected to be ready for training camp, which is great news for the Cowboys because very obviously everybody knows that Zeke was cut. Tony Pollard is the man with a plan and the ball in his hand. It's going to be Tony Pollard. So it's good to know that he is he is healthy and ready to go. Is that coach or speak? Uh, I don't know. Maybe a little bit, but we'll see. I mean, I, I think that they really haven't done anything to, to bring in another big-name running back. So I think that kind of indicates to me that they're pretty optimistic that he will be ready. So yeah. yeah, and it's not like he's coming off a torn ACL or something. Like, obviously, he had a broken fibula or a fractured fibula, which doesn't sound great, but I would assume that bones are easy, easier to recover from than a ligament injury like ACL. So we don't have to really worry about his like lateral movement or his explosiveness. And I, I think he he has an easier route to uh, come back than obviously guys like Brees Hall and Javante Williams. I think he just needs to drink mm. milk. Yeah, drink a little suggest, milk. Drink some milk. Uh, something about Pollard, though. Uh, Ian Rappaport had tweeted out a video yesterday saying that Pollard, I, I, I don't know if we missed this, but Pollard had signed his franchise tag. And that mm, he right, is actually yeah. working with the Cowboys to come out to a long-term deal. So it's promising that he's already signed the franchise tag, which is the year $10 million guaranteed. And they're trying to come to a long-term solution. I did not see that. I don't know how I missed that. But I'm good for him. I, I think <laughs> that... No, I mean, seriously, like there's a lot of running backs right now that are, I mean, Joe Mixon's another guy that we could briefly touch on is somebody who the Bengals are asking him to take a pay cut or there's a potential that he might get cut from this team. So the running back landscape right now is really, really difficult. So when I say good for him, I really do mean it because there's I mean, you got Leonard Fournette, you got Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, guys who were big name guys just a couple years ago are now just chilling as a free agent waiting to see if they're you know where their home's going to be. So Good for him. I'm happy that, that that he signed it, and the Cowboys, I'm sure, are as well, and hopefully they can come to some sort of agreement. So, so one more question on Tony Pollard, just because I'm interested in this. Yeti, in the article that we dropped, you had discussed Tony Pollard, or you discussed Dak Prescott, actually, a little bit, and you specifically noted that this offense isn't probably going to be throwing the ball a whole lot. Do you think Tony Pollard is still a locked-in PPR running back that you want on your team? Yeah, I think if you look at Pollard's efficiency numbers last year, he was through the roof. And if he can get the volume that Zeke saw, um, even a fraction of those carries that Zeke saw in the red zone as well, I think Tony Pollard could easily finish inside that top 10 range. In fact, uh, Tony Pollard is the ninth running back off the board right now in best ball formats going in the third round. So I think that's about a a fair spot to put him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he has if he finishes in the top five, just given his uh, targets out of the backfield as well. But this offense is going to look a little different. It's worth noting uh, now that Kellen Moore is with the, uh, with the chargers who we will talk about in our next segment. But I think Mike McCarthy as a play caller is an extreme downgrade. Um, You look at what he did in green Bay. He was very inconsistent with his play calling. They had good years. They had bad years and he just didn't know what the fuck to do in clutch situations. So Mm. Cowboys are going to be an interesting team to watch, and I think Dak takes the biggest hit in that offense, while Pollard and CD should be okay. So, Last piece of news. Quarterback Jordan Love said that the sky's the limit for the Green Bay offense. Is that because there's nowhere to go but up towards the sky? Because nobody has incredible expectations for the Packers? Or... 
maybe they're really going to be super explosive and they're going to be Super Bowl contenders year one with Jordan Love as their uh, their quarterback. I don't know, man. Green Bay has a history of backup quarterbacks is kind of doing their thing, right? You know, look at Aaron yeah. Rodgers coming out uh, behind Brett Favre and he had the career that he did with Green this Bay. Will be the, this will be the first time in our lifetimes we've seen the Packers without a quarterback. That's not Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's true. It. <laughs> I don't think Jordan Love's off to a good start. I'm just going to say this. He wished Bears fans a happy Father's Day. So I really don't understand. I think he was trying to like throw an insult at him, but all he did was just call them their like they're his dad. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I interpreted it and I was just like is are you trying to talk shit because all you did was make yourself look stupid. Yeah, he fumbled the bag on that one. I, I I heard people trying to defend him saying that when he said that, he was actually asked to say that by a Bears fan. It was like a fan interaction, and he said, oh, can you wish Bears? And he said it kind of facetiously, but still, it's like, dude, if you're the starting There's... quarterback for the Packers and a Bears fan approaches you, you just got to flip him the bird and walk the other way, man. Like, that's 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 not your friend. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand that. Or maybe he was wishing – like Aaron Rodgers a happy Father's Day because Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. I'm I'm not sure it was really a poorly like stated insult and I just kind of cringed and was like you're in the NFL and this is your shit talking like god you are Packers fans are have a rough road ahead of him cuz it yeah. was it was pretty poor. Let's hope so. that his play on the field is better than his shit talking. Yeah, that was pretty bad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's it. That's all we got for news, fellas. It's time to get into the the fun part of the episode here. We're going to be doing contenders versus pretenders. So we have brought in 10 NFL teams to the conversation that are kind of in the middle. They're not they're not like your prototypical Bengals and Chiefs or your Panthers and Cardinals. We have picked some teams that could be contenders or pretenders and we're going to discuss them. So without further ado, let's bust. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bust. We'll start with the Vikings. Really, we use that drop so often. What's that? I said I really hate that we use that drop so often. It's got nothing Why? to do with it's, football. It's beautiful. It makes me want to bust. I'm very uncomfortable. Oh, God. Well, keep it in your pants, Scotty. I don't care uh, what you're doing as long as you're clothed. We're going to talk about the Vikings. So I have pulled up the divisions here. The scores are represented from a couple years ago. So disregard that, but... Let's talk about the Vikings a little bit. Are the Vikings contenders or pretenders this year? They they did some stuff to uh, to upgrade their offense. Obviously, TJ Hawkinson they acquired last season, halfway through the season, and he made an immediate impact for them. You got Justin Jefferson, who is the best wide receiver in the NFL, or one of them. And then they add Jordan Addison to the mix here. Kirk Cousins, still their quarterback. Not bad quarterback. So what do you think? Where are you guys putting the Vikings at? Are they contenders this year or are they pretenders this year? Um, I'm in the camp that they are pretenders. Um, last year, the Vikings got off to a hot start. Obviously, they were undefeated for what, like seven, eight games. So they're, you know, they they had a lot of people hype 
right? They, they thought they were legitimate contenders, but a lot of the reason why they were having success is because of their offense. Their defense is atrocious, man. If you look at their stats from last year, they were, they allowed the second most yards per game with almost 400 yards. They allowed 25 points per game, which was the third most in the NFL. Um, they did switch out their defensive coordinators to Brian Flores, but they really didn't add any pieces to this defense. So they're working with the same bodies from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, they actually traded one of their star guys from last year, uh, Perkins, I believe is a linebacker, which is kind of interesting because they're moving away from Perkins and Cook, which is two guys that are, you know, very notable Vikings players. I gave them a lot of production on both sides of the ball. So I'm in the camp that the Vikings are pretenders and I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win the North. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I think that the Lions are way more likely to win the North than the uh, than the Vikings. And I I don't know. I just think the Vikings got off to such a hot start that the expectations are through the roof. And I just don't think those are merited. How long did they go with a negative point differential, even though they were, uh, you know, their record showed them being really great. I just think that they uh, got a lot of good breaks last year. I think they will be a fine team. I don't think they're going to be bad. uh, But like Yeti said, I think their defense is going to cost them a lot. And I don't think Kirk cousins is capable of overcoming that for another season. So it sounds like we're, we're labeling them as, as pretenders. Is that fair to say? Okay. 100%. I, I agree with that. I think, you know, especially looking at the NFC North and and this is kind of a uh, an up and coming division. And, and we're going to talk about a lot of these teams in the NFC North. The defense is where the Vikings had the biggest issue last year. You guys kind of already covered it. So I don't I don't want to beat a dead horse. But that's where my biggest concern is as well. Offensively, I think they're going to be really fun. They were last year. They put up a shit ton of fantasy points. It was super fun. If you had Justin Jefferson, you were happy. Kirk Cousins was certainly a usable quarterback. Jordan Addison, Hawkinson, like this this offense is going to be explosive. But if they can't put up points, they're done because I don't think that their defense can hold up. And we, and we saw that happen last year. They got off to a really great start, didn't pan out for them. And I, I just don't see them, them doing it with the same bodies this year, like you mentioned. So I'll also label the Vikings as pretenders, and I am sorry for Vikings fans, I think. And then what does the future look like for the Vikings, right? Because Kirk Cousins on a one-year deal. This is last year on his deal. So do they sign him to another one-year deal? Do they look towards the future and, and maybe sign Kirk to another one, like a one-year deal and draft someone? I mean, what do you do with, with this team? Because you have some great wide receivers. I mean, Justin Jefferson is is a top five wide receiver. Jordan Addison is another great addition to this. But you're going to run into a quarterback situation here before too long. So what do you guys think? In my opinion, Kirk Cousins is not the problem in Minnesota. I think Kirk is a perfect game manager. He's, I think he is capable of winning those big games. It's just a matter of getting him guys on the other side of the ball and getting guys to protect him. He can get the job done, and while I'm not saying he's an elite guy, I'm not going to throw him in the categories of Mahomes or Burrow, he is more than capable. It's just, like I said, he needs help. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, I'm looking toward their short-term plan. What they need to do is go get a capable young rookie who can learn under Kirk Cousins. Cause if there's one thing Kirk Cousins is, it's experienced and he can pass a lot of that wisdom down and prepare them for the future. So they go get a young rookie quarterback who's capable and then they focus heavily on defense. They got a lot of young weapons on offense that they don't need to worry about for a while. I think that's the move for him. I agree. Okay. Let me ask you guys, sorry, Slaps, let me ask about the Vikings. Um, Do you guys think they will win more than eight and a half games? 
I was going to say to you guys, I, I had this question on the tip of my tongue, and I was going to say, do you think they go over 500? But I haven't looked at the Viking schedule, so let me pull that up here so I can just take a look. I, oh, man. I have I think the they could. Just, me, so I'm not Yeah, eight and a half, you said? Eight and a half is the line. Yeah, I'm taking the over on that. I just, I, I looking at some of these teams, I mean, you've got the, oh, that's preseason. Damn it. Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, Packers could be a win. Raiders, I think, is a win. Yeah, they have the I might seventh take, hardest schedule, according yeah, to Yeah, I might take the under on that. Just I, I, looking at it, I mean, they got the Lions a couple times, and those interdivisional games, I think the Bears get interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. I think the Bears are a really, really interesting team. I'll take the under on the eight and a half. What's the, uh, what are the odds? Uh, so the money is actually on the over minus one twenty one, but they are also in favor of, uh, Minnesota missing the playoffs at yeah. minus one forty three. Yeah. Yeah. I, what? I, I think, oh, man, I just don't see that. I, it might be a wild card play at best for them. And that's kind of how I look at this because of the lions who we will talk about now here. So we've got the Vikings as pretenders. You guys, I, I don't. Y'all, y'all know what I'm doing. I'm riding, baby. I'm a, I'm a pseudo Lions fan. I'm a Dan Campbell savant, and I am <laughs> saying the Lions are a contender. So I, they've done. They started to, excuse me. They started to figure it out last season, in my opinion. Towards the end of the season, their defense was really one of their, their points of contention, and they started to kind of figure it out. They've added some defensive pieces. Their offense, Jamison Williams, was their their wide receiver that didn't get to play last season for the majority of it because he had tore his ACL in the college championship. He's now out for six weeks because of gambling, which doesn't help. But I think the Lions are, are they're a really frisky team, and I I'm going to throw them in the in the contender pile. I think it depends on what we classify as contender. I think that they've got a decent. You think they win the division. I, I think that they have a good shot of winning the division, yes. Do I think okay. that they have any realistic chance of a deep playoff run? I don't think so. Uh, but I do think I very well could see them being in the playoffs, yes. Okay. So let's say a contender is playoff. Anything can happen in the playoffs. They could win the first round of the playoffs. That's true. Anything can happen in the playoffs. But I, I think if the if the bar is a contender, is someone that has a good shot of making the playoffs, then, yeah, I'd say they're cont- they're a contender. Okay, Yeti. Um, be nice to Dan Campbell. You don't have to be nice to Dan. Honestly, it's it's interesting because I do like the Lions, but so does Vegas, and so does everybody else. So it almost feels like it's too good to be true. Um, while the Lions, they figured it out, you know, halfway through the season, um, they went on a eight or they finished the last ten games with an eight and two record, which is very promising, right? That's a hot finish. But yeah. I still have my concerns with that with that team. Much like Minnesota, Detroit had a terrible defense last season. Um, they allowed the most yards per game. They allowed the third most points per game. And I know they they try to address that in the offseason uh, by signing. They had three additions to their secondary, which should help, right? But we don't know how these guys are going to gel right off the bat. So I'm going into this year saying that their defense is going to be middle of the pack, which I think is good enough to – possibly contend but it's it's hard because a lot of people are on that bandwagon um i'm gonna go ahead and say they are pretenders at this current you juncture. bitch mm. 
You're a yeah. bitch. Okay, we're I, I'm Lions switching podcast. my vote. I'm switching my vote. No, we're not a Lions no. podcast. Yeah, I are. mean, I, I think the Lions do have a good shot to win the North, but I think you can make a case for all four teams to win the North this year. And I know that's saying a lot sure. with the Bears because they looked atrocious last year, but I do think they have improved quite a bit. Yeah. That they I have think a it's shot. saying a lot with the Packers too, though. I think I would take the Bears with better odds over the Packers. Okay, then let's talk about the Bears. They're another one on our list, contender or Damn, pretender. Do we have the whole NFC North on here? I don't <laughs> we pretty much do. We I think we left the Packers out yeah, we just did because I don't think – I don't think anybody's expecting the Packers here to uh, to be the top team in the NFC North. I know I certainly am not. The Bears. The Bears had the first overall pick. They traded it to the Panthers, and they fleeced the Panthers, and they got DJ Moore. So they got a, a real wide receiver one, which was a huge addition for Justin Fields. We saw just him, Fields, running his ass all over the field last season, and he did it very well. Very, very well. But the, the point of contention is, can he throw the ball? The Bears let go of David Montgomery. They now have a medley of running backs back there. And defensively, I think they, they had some some great additions there on the defensive side of the ball to continue to to stout that up. What do we think? Bears, contenders or pretenders? I think I would have to list them as pretenders for the purpose of this, but I think that the expectations are so low with that organization that they're going to blow those expectations out of the water. I think we're going to see a massive improvement from Justin Fields because the the biggest criticism of him is, is his throwing capability, but he's never had anyone to throw to. And they've kind of addressed that now where he has a real receiver room. I think we're going to see him take a big step forward in that way. So I see this offense being much improved. I think they're going to be a very good team. Um, whether or not they're a contender, I don't know if I'd say that, but I think they're going to be very improved and I'm excited to watch them this year, which is something I don't think I've ever said about the bears. Yeah. Yeah, Scotty. And you, you address uh, the bears adding wide receiver help for Justin Fields, but they also upgraded their offensive line, which was a huge problem last year for Justin Fields. Dude didn't have enough time. And so that's why he was scrambling so much. Um, as you also mentioned slaps, they did add a lot of pieces to their defense. They spent a lot of money, like over like 50 or $60 million on their defense. So uh, they knew what their big problems were in the offseason, and they certainly addressed it. I tend to think I'm listing them as contenders just because I think they're going to win the North this year. That is probably okay, so the hottest of takes, but I think they're going to win the North. I like it, though. I like the chaos that would cause. Well, let's let's just go through the North then, because I'd also have the Bears as contenders. I, I have both the Lions and the Bears as contenders, but let's give our our rankings for the NFC North here. I'm going to start. I'll go Lions, Bears, Vikings, Packers. That's I think my I, ranking. I think I would go Lions, Vikings, Bears, Packers. I think I go Bears, Vikings, Lions, Packers. That's probably where I would go. Consensus is the Packers fucking suck. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of I don't think anybody's expected anything out of them. Now watch them except win Packers the fans. Yeah, if they watch win the them North, win the North. Yeah, we're yeah. fucked. Okay. So we'll start we'll move. We're going to move on. We're going to move to the NFC East. And we're going to talk about the Cowboys. Oh, I have the Washington I can't the R word. They didn't change Oh it. no. Oh, oh gosh. Close your eyes everyone. Yeah, what's the shirt uh, from? What year? Uh, <laughs> I think it was the it was the year the Cardinals were good. So like uh, that's ago. why you did that. Uh, Cowboys, <laughs> the Cowboys 
for the NFC East contenders or pretenders? Yeti, you kind of gave some some of your thoughts on the Cowboys at the beginning of the episode, so why don't you take the reins on this? Oh, okay. So the Cowboys are going to be an interesting team this year just because I, I think they are the best team that in the NFC East, which is saying a lot because the Eagles just went to the Super Bowl and they are loaded, right? But the okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to start explaining the Eagles. But the Eagles lost a lot of parts uh, on defense this this past offseason, and they also lost both their coordinators, which is kind of a big deal, right? They lose their gel to their offense and defense, basically. The Giants, I don't really believe in this year. Commanders, they're one of those frisky teams every year, but they're not going to contend. So for that reason, I think the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. They are going to be contenders. However, I do have major concerns with Mike McCarthy play calling. I think the biggest save for the Cowboys this year is going to be that defense because they had one of the best passing defenses in the league last year, which is key, right? In in the passing leagues or in the passing league that we're in right now. So I think the Cowboys are true contenders at this point. Hmm. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are um in the tier of contenders, but I have no faith that they will do anything with the talent they have because they never do. Um, I think that they're, they're, they're similar to the 49ers and that they just have a very solid group of players. And so you can't discount them. Um, but ultimately I, I don't have a whole lot of faith that they're going to be a Super Bowl team. You have the over under on their, their schedule yet. Do you think you can pull that up for me? I do. So, uh, their line is currently nine and a half games with the gonna, money on the over. Okay. Mm. I'm going to label Cowboys as pretenders. I still believe in the Eagles. I think the raw the talent that is the Eagles, they ha- they still have, yeah, they lost some some defensive players, but they really reloaded. They're going to have a young group back there, but I think that I, I think that they can overcome that. I'm going to take the Eagles still winning this thing and and the Giants to me I think it's between the Cowboys and the Giants for number two spot because I, I do think that I, and I I lean towards the Cowboys obviously taking that I think that they're a little bit more of a mature group and have a little bit more talent than the Giants but the Giants were really frisky last year nobody expected anything out of the Giants last year at all and they made it as far as they did and I, I firmly believe it's because of Brian Dable um but I, I'm going to put the Cowboys as pretenders. They're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. They'll, there's a chance that they're going to make the playoffs, but I still think they have to go through the Eagles. I think the talent is, is still there for the Eagles to uh, to reign the NFC East, and that's mm. my thoughts. Let's let's rank this division, too. Okay. I'll go Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. I'll go Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Commanders. I think I think I'm going to put the Eagles ahead of the Cowboys too, but I think they're going to be very competitive. So I, I think I agree with with Slapdog there. I'm going to go Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. Okay, I got it. Cowboys as pretenders. They're not making it all the way. There's no chance. Ravens. We're going to go over to the AFC. So the AFC North, the Ravens. We got Bengals, Browns, Steelers, and Ravens. There's a lot of there's a lot going on with the Ravens this offseason. There was uh, they were in the headlines every single week because of a gentleman by the name of Lamar Jackson. Was Lamar Jackson going to get traded? Lamar Jackson was franchise tag. Lamar Jackson couldn't come to a deal. Lamar Jackson came to a deal right when they came to a deal on draft day. They drafted Zay Flowers. They added OBJ as another wide receiver. 
J.K. Dobbins is going to come back healthy this year. Mark Andrews, hopefully, is going to come back healthy as well. I mean, this offense could actually make a pretty loud pop in the AFC North. What are you thinking? Yeah, man, this is a team that went 10-7 and last year. They barely made the playoffs, even though Lamar Jackson was out uh, for, what, eight or so games last season. They had Snoop Huntley kind of leading the way for a bit, which is he's a pro bowler, so kudos to him. (laughs) But obviously, Lamar Jackson is, is... he is the key to the Ravens success. Let's be honest, man. Um, the Ravens have a stout defense. They've had a stout defense for like the past 80 years now, it seems like, because they're just always good back there. And they added pieces to help Lamar Jackson. Um, I've talked almost ad nauseum about Todd Munkin, their new offense, offensive coordinator. And I think you have a crush on him. I, I think I'm having the Gabe or, or Dable effect. Gay. He's having the Dable effect on me. But <laughs> honestly, Gable. this offense is, I would say, it's probably the most loaded and most talented offense that Lamar Jackson has probably had in his tenure with the Ravens and with Todd Munkin at the helm. I'm very high with on the Ravens. I have them as a contender, and I could say they are a top four team in the AFC. I think you have to have them as a contender. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I, if you if you don't have the Ravens as a contender, you, I don't know if you've watched football and are kind of aware <laughs> of this team because they're. I mean, they're they're loaded. I think the biggest the biggest hurting point for the Ravens last year is they didn't have anybody to to throw the ball to. You know, after they after Hollywood Brown was no longer around, it was just Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews, and then they struggled. They've struggled with health a lot last season. We saw almost their entire starting offense. Not on, not on the field last year, for weeks at a time, mm-hmm. and they still they still found success, and I, I think that that's in large part due to their coaching. So, yeah, when you get all these people healthy, the talent is there. So I I, I have them as a contender. I think you have to. Yeah, you definitely have to have them as a contender, but we also have to acknowledge the fact that every single player on this offense, uh, outside of maybe one or two, has significant injury history, and that has got to make you a little bit worried as a Ravens fan, where this whole thing could just crash and burn in the blink of an eye, Um, but we don't root for injuries, um, and assuming that this offense stays relatively healthy, I think they are going to be extremely explosive, very fun to watch. Okay, let's stay in the AFC North. Let's pivot to the Browns. The Browns, to me, are really interesting, right? Because Deshaun Watson, their quarterback that they spent quite a bit of picks for, he uh, was able to start week 10 of last season, and you didn't get much. Granted, he was removed from football for two years. Kareem Hunt's no longer around, but we didn't really see him much last season. Nick Chubb is still there, of course. Amari Cooper, an incredible wide receiver, found a lot of usage for fantasy last season, is still the wide receiver one for this team. They trade for Elijah Moore. They have Donovan Peoples-Jones. Offensively, I think that they're, you know, if Deshaun Watson can figure it out and we can see a semblance of what he did when he was with the Texans, I think from an offensive perspective, the Browns could be a really spicy team, to be honest with you. I really do believe that. And defensively, I don't I don't know if they've made a huge splash from a defensive perspective in additions this offseason, but I think offensively, if they can get it figured out, they they could roll. Yeah, I just uh I think they're the third best team in their own division. So I you know, I I think that they're gonna see some improvement. Uh, there's no reason to believe that Deshaun Watson forgot how to be 
an elite quarterback. So I think you're going to see a lot of improvement there. Um, you know, obviously the quarterback position is different than any other position. If you don't play all the time, or if you take an extended period of time off, there is very, you know, very high likelihood that you're going to come back and suck for a while in a new offense. So I think you're going to see a lot of steps forward, but I don't see them outplaying the Ravens. I don't see them outplaying the Bengals. So I think I would have to list them as a pretender. Yeah. It's the oh, this one was tough. I, I went back and forth between pretender and contender for for a while with the Browns um, and the su- success of their season really depends on Watson because all offseason Cleveland, uh, uh, not all offseason in the offseason, Cleveland spent a lot of money on their defensive line on their secondary and they addressed some major concerns on the defensive side of the ball. And it's not like they had a terrible defense last year. They were kind of middle of the pack, but they certainly upgraded it to be, I could say a top 10 defense possibly this year with the the keys that they have now or the players that they have now. So now it's just a matter of what do you think Watson is going to do? If he can return to form um, to where he was with Houston this, this team could be frisky, and I could see the NFC North getting three teams in, much like the NFC uh, West did last year. So, or wait, a couple of years ago. Oh, um, yeah, not last year. Yeah, no, the NFC last, West was not a good division yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, so with that all being said, I, I think they are barely going to miss out on a wild card. But I'm going to say contender. I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go on the other side of that. I'm going to say they're a contender because I do believe that Deshaun Watson will figure it out. He's now able to he was I mean, he wasn't even able to practice with the team. And then all of a sudden he just gets dumped in and is like, hey, go figure it out. I think they're going to figure this out. I really do. So I'm going to label the Browns as a, as a contender. And I agree. I, this is a very difficult division, but I could see the Browns actually going ahead of the Ravens. I wouldn't go that far. I think it depends I, on injuries. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say. And we don't root for injuries, but every year the Ravens seem to be injury prone, especially at the quarterback position. Over the last two years, Lamar Jackson has not played in 25% of his games, over 25% of the games. And I know that it's an anomaly. You can't predict injury, and I understand all that, but that is a concern for me. I'm going to have the Browns ahead of the Ravens. Obviously, the Bengals are number one and the Steelers are last, and that's I'm going to have the Browns a contender. Vegas tends to agree that they are pretenders. I'm just going to say that all Do the they? money is right on them to miss the playoffs, and they are under uh, the Browns to win nine games. So Damn. we'll see. We'll see. Money see. talks. Money talks. Jaguars, AFC South. I I I think we're all going to say that the Jaguars are contenders. I mean, you the the Jaguars, unless something goes <laughs> horrifically wrong. They're going to the playoffs this year because the AFC South is is pretty easy division in my opinion right now. Obviously, the Texans are the Texans, and I think they they've got a lot of of uh, development to do there. The Titans don't even know who their quarterback's going to be this year, and the Colts have a lot of development to do as well. So the Jaguars were actually really spicy last season, and and they made the playoffs. And Trevor Lawrence, aka Sarah Jessica Parker, looked really freaking good. And Calvin Ridley will now be back for them. So hopefully if he can return to a semblance of what he was when he was with the Falcons, they have a huge upgrade there at wide receiver. Jaguars are a contender for me very easily. Yep. Well said. Agreed. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend too much time on the Jaguars because they are a contender. Uh, My question for you guys is, 
do you guys think they have a legitimate shot to win the AFC? The entire AFC? Yes. I'm not going to go that far. I, I'm going to say, uh, very obviously, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but no. I, they're not going to win the whole AFC. I mean, you still got to go through the Chiefs. You still have to go through the Chiefs. I still think the Bills, depending on what Bills show up, are a better team than the Jaguars. And I say the same thing for the Bengals. So I think the Jaguars could get spicy, and anything can happen in a football game. So I'm not writing them off necessarily, but I still put those teams over the Jaguars. Yeah, I think that they're in the conversation. Um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't write them off at the outset, but I do think they would be the underdogs. Uh, you know, with the top tier AFC teams. Would you guys put them in the top five AFC teams? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> um, I can tell you what Vegas thinks right now if you guys are I'm going to say... What, what do they think about the Dolphins? That's the real question. I'm going I'm to put them right out of top five AFC. Yeah, that's fair slaps. So the Jaguars are right ahead of the Dolphins as the sixth best team. So yeah, that's where I have them ranked as sixth. Yeah, six. So they have I the Chiefs, Vegas. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Jets, Ravens, and then Jaguars have the six best odds to win the AFC. Yeah, I have the Jets ahead of the Jaguars as well. That's why I put them at six. I just I, the they're going to win the AFC South, like I said, unless things go horrifically wrong. They are certainly a contender. They were a con- they, I mean, they were contending last year. They made a, a good playoff run. I think they got they got good odds to do it again. So give me the Jaguars as a contender. Yep. You guys agree? You're all yep. on your heads. Okay. Mention the Jets. Let's talk about them. AFC East. AFC East is actually a really, really difficult division as well. The AFC in general is kind of no joke, except for maybe the South. Uh, I mean, I, the Jets, there's a lot going on there, right? We've talked about the Jets a lot this offseason. Of course, Lord Voldemort, their new quarterback, he who shall not be named, is going to be slinging the ball for him. Brees Hall should be back and healthy, hopefully. Uh, Elijah Moore has been shipped off and they got, I would say, probably a healthy third of the wide receiver core from the Green Bay Packers and just kind of brought them on over. And the Jets defense is really good. The Jets defense was really good last year. One of their biggest issues, obviously, was the quarterback's position. And I think they've uh, they've found their guy very obviously. So Jets are a contender. Jets are a contender. I still think the Bills probably are, are top of the AFC for me. The Dolphins are certainly spicy. And if Tua – the Dolphins' concern for me is Tua. We've kind of talked about that. I think one wrong hit, and, and that could be a really different conversation for the Dolphins. But the Dolphin and the Jets are neck and neck for me as far as contenders. But I, I'm definitely putting the Jets as a contender. Scotty, where do you have them? Here, here's my hot take, and I, I'm gonna. I decided this a couple weeks ago that I'm gonna put some money on this take. Uh, I'm going to bet that the Jets are going to miss the playoffs, and then I'm going to bet separately that they're going to win the Super Bowl because I think those are the two outcomes. <laughs> they're oh, either God. going, they're either going <laughs> to win the Super Bowl or they're not going to be in the playoffs. I think the Jets are going to be a great team, one of the best teams in the league this year, but their schedule is just hard to overcome. So yeah. they're gonna, they're playing a lot of great teams. Um, so I think you know a couple wrong calls, the ball doesn't bounce their way a couple times, and they miss the playoffs. But it once they make it into the playoffs, I think they're going to be a favorite. Honestly, I'm in the camp that they are going to miss the playoffs. So I have them as a pretender, largely due to the fact that their schedule is amongst one of the hardest in the NFL and their division. I don't see them winning their division or even being the second team 
best team in their division. Um, we talk about Aaron Rodgers joining this team and how they added pieces and Brees Hall is going to be healthy, but they did nothing to help their offensive line. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is 29 years old anymore and he's running around and can avoid sacks. He's already dealing with the uh, calf strain. He's had foot problems the past couple of years. I'm in the camp that Aaron Rodgers is washed. And while oh, I, the, the Jets have a stout defense, I don't think they can overcome the Aaron Rodgers headache. And I don't think they can overcome the AFC East, AFC East schedule. So I am labeling the Jets as a pretender. Do you consider them? I mean, when I think of even even with Aaron Rodgers washed, obviously he's still an upgraded quarterback than what they've than what they've had recently. So it, it reminds me a lot again of the 49ers. I mean, they, there are just so many weapons on this team. Their defense is the best in the NFL. They have some of the greatest offensive and defensive weapons in the league. So to me, Aaron Rodgers can come out and be mediocre. That's still a huge upgrade. It all comes down to the schedule. It all comes down to if they get a couple calls or if the ball bounces their way. I think they're going to have a lot of tight games. If they end up proving that they can win those tight games, I could see them going all the way. Yeah, and you know, you bring up a good point with the 49ers kind of being a systematic offense, right? But with the Jets, the Jets don't have the offensive line that the 49ers have. And the Jets also don't have the offensive coordinator that the 49ers have. The Jets have Nathaniel Hackett, who we've we've seen kind of have an up and down play calling history with Green Bay, and then obviously with his failures last year with the with the Broncos. Whereas the 49ers have a proven play caller in Kyle Shanahan. Now I'm not trying to, you know, debunk your debate here, but I think with the Jets, silly. Yeah, I think with with the Jets, it's just it's hard for me to label them as a contender when I don't even think they'll be the second best team in the AFC East. Okay, rank them. Yeti. I'm going to do, I'll do the Dolphins, Bills, Jets, Patriots. Okay. I'm going to do Bills, Jets. Mm. Dolphins, Dolphins, and Jets did, tough. Dolphins did do quite a bit defensively too. And the Jets do have a difficult defense. All right, I'll do Bills. I'll do Bills, Dolphins, Jets, Patriots. <laughs> uh, that's tough. Yeah, but that is tough. the Dolphins just scare me. Like I said, I the, the, I think we're wrong, we're one hit away from potentially having a very different Dolphins team, and that but they got Mike White now. I do love me some Mike White. All right, I'll take it. Bills, <laughs> Dolphins, facts. Jets, Patriots. I'm a Mike White supporter. I'll do it. Yeah, I'm going to rank them exactly the same way, and I think you can exchange the Dolphins or the Jets uh, it's, week I in think, and week out. I think, yeah, the Jets just have a really hard schedule, like you said. So let's go to the Chargers, AFC West. Your guys' home, home. Yep. Your guys's home conference here, our home division. Chargers, contenders or pretenders? I, uh, I'll wait. You guys have more of a skin in this fight than I do, so I'll let you guys take this away for what your thoughts on the Chargers are this year. So, Scotty, I don't know what you have, but I have the Chargers as a pretender. Um, I largely say that due to the Chargers' history of um, not having luck with their players staying healthy. Because on paper, for the past two years, they have had probably the best team. You know, you look at their roster, you're like, they have Cleo Mack, they have Joey Bosa, they have two all-pros in the secondary but none of them can stay healthy or be on the same field at the same time. And then on the offensive side, you have a really good offensive line, but none of those star guys can stay healthy either. 
you have guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams who continuously miss time. And I think their issue is that they have a lot of older guys on their roster, um, a lot of talented older guys on the roster, but they can't stay healthy for 17 games. Um, I really do like their addition with Kellen Moore as offensive coordinator. I don't think offense will be their issue. I think their issue is going to be their defense, and especially in the AFC West when they have to go up against the Chiefs twice, and that division goes through the Chiefs. Everybody knows that. It's um, our conference goes through the Chiefs. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So the league goes I the Chiefs, have the Chargers as a pretender, mm-hmm. and Vegas seems to agree that they are pretenders as well. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. For all the, all the same reasons. I mean, the injury concerns are impossible to ignore at this point. And also, you know, we all know the talent that is Justin Herbert. And granted, you know, he hasn't he, he's had a dilapidated team every season to 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 work with, but he just hasn't done it. You know, we all consider him to be in that top tier of young quarterbacks. He's never done it. He's never proven that he deserves to be there. So I, I agree 100 um, percent. You know, I think that. I just don't, I just don't have faith in them. And also I just hate the chargers, you know, it's just that rivalry yep. and I just despise them yep. and I hope they fail. So that's just the way it is. I think they're a wild card conversation. I think the chargers are a wild card. I think that's probably at best. I don't very obviously they're not going to lock that division, but I still think that they are a wild card contending team for sure. If I had to rank it very obviously the chiefs. And then I think I have the chargers right under that. And then I'll do Broncos Raiders. I think the and the Broncos, Look terrible last year. I I do think they're going to figure it out, and I think they're going to kind of do better. But I still think the Chargers are a really good team. I I do have a lot of those same concerns. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are both old, and I you know when Scotty when you put out your rankings last week, those I I chose to write about Keenan Allen because this could be the year where his cliff falls off, where he is finally. I think he's thirty one years old. That's not a good look for wide receivers, and he has been a dominant great wide receiver, but at some point he's going to slow down. We have seen him struggle to stay stay healthy. I like the addition of Quentin Johnson. I think he's one of those big body guys, and, and the Chargers desperately needed help at wide receiver because both of their, their one and two are both old guys. So to bring him in, have him learn under both of these guys, and then be tied to Justin Herbert is pretty exciting, but... I would agree. I think they're pretenders because I think that, you know, kind of like the Ravens, we can't predict injury, nor do we root for it. But I think that ultimately that's kind of where the Chargers fall for me. Offensively, I agree with you, Eddie. I think that they're they're going to be fine for the most part, but they're still going to struggle with health concerns. And so I have them listed as a pretender as well. Yeti, just out of curiosity, you know, Hunter kind of gave his thoughts on Keenan Allen. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, given where his ADP has been dropping – I think he's a pretty good value now. Uh, you know, I think I'm targeting Keenan Allen because his upside is so high. This is an offense that's going to sling the ball a lot. Um, you know, I think as a fantasy option, he's pretty good, and his injury risk is kind of baked into the ranking at this point. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%, Scotty. Um, Keenan Allen, he's currently the 20th wide receiver off the board in best ball league, so he's going around the sixth round right now, which I think is pretty good value for him. Yeah. While injury concerns are always there with Keenan Allen, the volume that he should see in this Kellen Moore offense is very exciting, um, especially because we've seen what a wide receiver one looks like in this offense. Look at C.D. Lamb. And I'm not saying that C.D. Lamb and Keenan Allen are the same player. I'm just saying that they could see the same volume, which is exciting for Keenan Allen. Um, so I think at his current ADP, I'm, I would love a piece of Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just looking. I was referring to where Scotty had him at. And he had him at thirty-three overall, and I, I don't, I don't have him there. 
And so that's what that's what I was saying. I mean, like I would have DK Metcalf over Keenan Allen, like that, and and so depending upon where he falls, sure, he's certainly worth an addition, but. I'm not going to blow a third round pick on him in a redraft format. Where do I have DK ranked? You have DK ranked at 35. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think I would, I would swap those two at the very least. I think DK is due for some. uh, I mean, there's a couple other people too, like Amari Cooper, you have at 40 and I would, I would still have Amari Cooper over Keenan Allen. Like that. So there, there's, it depends on what rankings you're looking at. I was referring to the one that you had. So Mm. I, I don't know. I, I like the Chargers from a fantasy perspective because their offense is always really explosive and they find a way to uh, to get it done. But I, I think I, I have them as a pretender. And it sounds like we all do. Let's, let's move on here to our last team. And then we have an honorable mentions. But let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks and the NFC West. So the NFC West is pretty gross. It was last year. Let's talk about the Seahawks. Let's talk about the guy who did not write back because they're in a very interesting position right now. Geno Smith, their quarterback, obviously DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett from an offensive perspective. And then they added the wide receiver one in Jackson Smith, the Jigba, which a lot of people were pissed from from a fantasy perspective because now things get a little bit more muddied. And that's not where they ended at. They had Kenneth Walker last year and they added another running back to kind of help spell him what are we doing with the Seahawks, fellas? What are we doing? Are they contenders? Are they pretenders? The 49ers are here. The Rams, who two years ago won the Super Bowl, are here. The Cardinals are at the bottom. This is kind of an interesting division, right? I mean, are the Seahawks contenders or are they pretenders? I think they're pretenders. I think we saw the best of the Seahawks last season. I don't I don't see them getting much better. Um, I think Geno Smith had a great season. It was awesome to watch, but I don't see him improving um, so I think we saw their best and I think that they're going to be a solid team and I am excited for JSN to, to grow up with, uh, some good, uh, you know, solid receivers to coach him through the NFL. I think he's got a great future, but ultimately I don't, th- I don't see this team going very far. I am label, uh, lab- uh this is so hard. I can't even fucking talk. It's gotta be the 49ers um, one, right? Yeah. Like that's where you're at. Obviously. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Um, Hmm. I'm going to say they are pretenders as well. Um, okay. I, I like the additions that the Seahawks had this offseason on their defense. They added a lot of good pieces and they added Bobby Wagner back to their uh, Legion of Doom, which I love to see that. Right. Um, and I, I kind of think last year was a perfect storm for Seattle. I think a lot of people didn't know what to expect from that offense with Geno Smith, and he kind of lit the league on fire for the first half of the season, and then teams started to figure out that offense, right? Um, I I think part of the reason why I have them as a pretender is because I think the Rams are going to have a large bounce-back season this year. I'm not going to say that they're going to win the NFC West, or yeah, NFC West, but um, I, I think they're going to have more of a say this year. So I have the Seahawks as a pretender, and I'll have them as a third best team in the West behind the uh, Rams and 49ers. Yep, I think I agree with everything that you just said. Think hard. Schedule. Think hard. I'd man. have to look at their schedule. I mean, that's really what it boils down to for me because the Rams are on the on the precipice of uh, catastrophic failure, in my opinion. And I don't know if it happens this year, but I think that's kind of where their future is currently headed. Matt Stafford is getting old. 
he's Matt Stafford has proved that he can get banged up and still play, but obviously last year was was not good. He wasn't playing. Cooper Cup is coming off of injury. Cooper Cup's also not getting any younger, um, and still a great wide receiver. I think that hopefully there's still gas left in the tank, but at some point these guys are going to start not doing what they previously have been, have done before. So I don't know if it's this year, but I am concerned about the Rams at some point, and it could be as early as this year. They might have another year or two left, but I am concerned. So this is this is like the hardest one for me because the Seahawks were fun last year. The Seahawks, like, they were getting it done. That offense has a lot of weapons. Fuck it. I'm gonna go on the I'm gonna go on the other side. I'll say contenders just just to be uh be adverse here. I'll say the Seahawks are contenders. I don't know if I truly believe that, but <laughs> just to go on the other side of the line, I will say contenders. Mm. Last, but certainly not the least. Yeti, your former lover, your quarterback of dreams. Your man who puts too much eyeliner on his eyes, Derek Carr found himself a new home with the New Orleans Saints in the NFC South. This is an honorable mentions. feel like we kind of got to talk about it because the NFC South is, I, I think this is kindly put, a dumpster fire. <laughs> so are the Saints contenders here, fellas? I mean, you got the Falcons, the Bucks, and the Panthers, and I think I threw up a little bit in my mouth. I think the Saints probably are contenders for the NFC South solely because there is not really a whole lot of other competition. Thoughts. Yeah, I think there's a good chance they win the division. Yeah, I, I think they are going to win the division. So obviously they're going to be in the playoffs. Now I don't think they'll do anything in the playoffs, <laughs> but for the sake of our but conversation, they are contender just for the reason that they are going to be one of the seven teams in the playoffs. Um, going from Andy Dalton to Derek Carr kind of feels like a a lateral move in a sense, because if you look at their stats from last year, Andy Dalton was kind of on par uh, for what Derek Carr did, if not better. Um, and Andy Dalton actually had a better deep ball last year than Derek Carr, which is important in this offense, especially with a guy like Chris Olave. So I, I, I like the Saints just for the fact that Derek Carr is there because um, I want to see him succeed. And the Saints have a they have a top ten defense from last year, which I think is is key, right? Because this is going to be the best defense that Cars played for or played with, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, they'll win the NFC South. Yeah, they're going to win. The That's South. about. I it. think we all we all probably uh, are going to say that outside of outside of Desmond Ritter coming in and lighting the league oh, on fire. Hell yeah, which he will. Um, <laughs> yeah, can yeah, John play quarterbacks or what? He's he's gonna. Do he's it all. basically going to play quarterback. All he, all Desmond Ritter has to do is survive in the one second where he takes the snap and gives Bajan the ball. They just, just figure breaks out his from ankles there. on a handoff. All right, let's move on to our mail time segment, the Brain Busters. Let's do it. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Mail. One to ten. Just give me a rating. Just give me something. Nine and a half. It's always a 10 from me, baby. God, you guys are too Leaving good. room for improvement. I appreciate that. You can always improve. That's great coach speak, Eddie. Thank you so much. First question comes from B-Rad. Would you trade away the 101 for the 102, a 113, and a 2024 first and a 2025 first? Yes. 
Next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. That's an easy one. Yeah, that's a lot. You're getting a lot, baby. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah, that's a lot of value, man. Yeah. You you can't can't shy up on that value. So, uh, B-Rad, I think he did accept this, but I wanted to put it on here just to... Just to put it on here, you did ask. Good so, job, yep. B-Rad. Good job, buddy. Next question comes from Duke Mallard. That's a cool name. <laughs> Would you trade Olave for Drake London and Jordan Addison? Scotty. If I had Olave and I said, yo, you give me Drake London and Jordan Addison, this, this butte can be yours. I don't know. I think Olave is going to be the shining spot on that offense. So I, I'm hesitant to give him away. And the thing about Drake London, I love the talent. He showed what he can do last year, but he showed it without Kyle Pitts. And with Kyle Pitts on the field, he's just much less effective. Um, and Addison, I think is, I think he's promising. I think he's going to fill that Adam Thielen role in that offense, uh, and it's going to be good. But I don't think I would. I think I think the upside for Olave is too high. I'm not high on Drake London because of the situation, and Addison's going to be the wide receiver too forever. Scotty, let me ask you this. Do you think Olave finishes inside the top 15 this season? I I think that there's a chance, yeah. I think so. Do you? I personally do not. Um, I, I've seen Olave kind of touted amongst various fantasy sites, and I understand the hype. I do understand it, but um, it's not like... I, I had mentioned before that Andy Dalton and Derek Carr kind of had a similar season last year. And it's not like Derek Carr is going to, he's an earth beater, right? Like he's not going to just feed Olave, right? He hasn't, he hasn't successfully sustained a wide receiver one, except for last year when he had Devontae Adams. He had Adams, yeah. I don't Adams really think Olave is a top 15 wide receiver for dynasty purposes. His efficiency numbers last year were great. But it, I don't think he's going to be anything special. Um, I think for that reason, I would rather have the depth of having London and Addison because if the Falcons even throw the ball three more times this year than they did last year per game, you know that's more volume for London to see on top of Jordan Addison, who I think could very well be a wide receiver too this this year. So I think you're getting more value with London and Addison. I. I agree with Scotty. London does it kind of. London kind of scares me. I'm going to be honest, just because like he doesn't have a quarterback. By the time they maybe have a decent quarterback, London's like rookie contract's going to be up, and then what happens to him? But uh, <laughs> okay, um, but uh, Alave, what happens when they add another wide receiver in there? You know, like what happens when they have somebody that's like not Michael Thomas who will play for three games and then get hurt. Like that, that to me is where I I have some concern from a dynasty perspective. So I think I'm going to take the the depth for that reason. But I, I, this is kind of, this is an either or I'm, I I think you could flip a coin almost. And there's an argument to be made for both sides. Like, I don't, I don't think this one's a clear cut one. So no, I agree. And to answer your question, Eddie, I do have him ranked as wide receiver 14. So right, right there on the cusp. Uh, our listener, um, John Sachs, cannot stop crapping himself. So I'm sorry to hear that. He just he commented that. Uh, the Shroom Guy in a PPR Superflex League, Big Tony Yeti. Are you taking Johan Dotson or Traylon Burks? 
Yeah, I actually tweeted about Traylon Burks earlier uh, in this offseason. And I think Traylon Burks is one of those guys that's going to have a huge breakout season. Um, For that reason, I'm taking Traylon Burks. Um, Last season, he obviously did not do well, right? He had a lot of concerns with asthma and then staying healthy. And he was a rookie, rookie wide receiver. I think we have been spoiled by rookie rookie wide receivers over the past couple of years, and people just expect them to be kind of earth beaters as soon as they enter the league. I don't know why I keep on saying earth beaters. That's just kind of my word for the day. Um, anywho. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, thanks, man. Um, but Traylon Burks is the only freaking wide receiver for Tennessee. And I know Tennessee doesn't throw the ball a whole lot, right? They're going to feed Derrick Henry and then pop one off to the Traylon Burks. But it is worth noting that Burks is the top playmaker for Tennessee, and they're going to have to pepper him with targets this year. Um, he he got a lot of comparison to A.J. Brown coming out of the draft last year, and I think he's going to prove that talent this year. So I'm going to go with Burks. Yeah, I think you have to. I think it's got to be Burks. I think Burks is is very clearly um, – I mean the Commanders they don't they don't even have a quarterback really. Mm-hmm. So no, I mean not that the <clears throat> not that the Titans do either. I mean you got there's a lot going on there too, but I think Burks is a much more talented wide receiver than Dotson. So I'm going to I'm going to take Burks as well. So I don't necessarily agree with that. I think I I agree that I would take Burks and it's primarily for just the situation that they're in, but I think Dotson's going to be the wide receiver one for the commanders this year. I think, I think he's going to have a pretty decent breakout season. Um, But I I do think Traylon Burks is the better option here. I think Dotson, we're going to see his talent level this year uh, and it's going to come out, but Burks is the option. It's the one to go. Okay. Last question comes from espionage 14. This is a fucking spy. He asks, or she, would you rather spend the rest of your life in a country music video or a rap video? Scotty. <laughs> uh, the answer is country music video, obviously. Um, to me, it's not even close. You think about a country music... The good things about rap videos, it's a party, lots of alcohol, and dancing women. And those are the positives. Country music has all those same things, except for you get to do it in a farm instead of in a nightclub. And that just sounds way better to live the rest of your life on a farm than in, you know, name your nightclub downtown that makes you want to kill yourself so yeah country music easily yetis yetis trying to get them booty cheeks on his neck <laughs> you gonna rap Mostly, it, it depends on on my mood that day uh for the rest of my it's life the mood for the rest oh, of your life man. i'm yeah, gonna, here's you're the stuck thing. in it is it gonna be Nicki minaj because i i think i could spend the rest of my life with Nicki minaj i think you can i think you can rap video hop Okay, but think about this. For the rest of your life, that means Nicki Minaj is going to be there for the rest of your life, too. So whatever is in her ass that's not real is just going to be flopping around. All that jello just... It's not going to be the only thing in her ass, boys. Oh, God. (laughs) You moving to rap? No. No, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do rap. I'm doing country just to play it safe. I'm doing rap because I'm a a dog. And I'm trying to I'm trying to get drunk all the time and probably do whatever drugs are all over the place. Like, why not? Yeah. Life is short. And then if I take too much, I'll just be done with life. What if, what if you get a headache? You're fucked. You're going to have a headache forever for the rest of your life. I mean, I think you could probably say that about the country music, too. 
No. Country music, you can go to a nice, soft song. It can just be a ballad, beautiful ballad. And rap music, there's no such thing as a ballad. You're getting screamed what at about, all the time. Is, is, well, I guess R&B is different than rap, isn't can it? I, can I add two singers to help our question here? So it's a question inside of a question. Okay. Inception. Okay, sure. So <laughs> would you rather be a part of a Luke Combs music video or a Lil Wayne music fit video for the oh. rest of your life? For the rest of your life still, it's definitely Luke Combs, 100%. Yeah, I think Luke Combs. I exactly. love Wayne. I'd yeah. I was gonna say something weird. Yeah, I'll do <laughs> I I'm still doing rap. I think they just have a lot of fun. They're just doing cool shit. They're driving cool Luke cars. Luke is a good dude too. I mean, he does some fun shit. No, look, I like country music. I'm not I'm not sitting here dogging on country music. I also enjoy rap music. I think I'm a man of m- many flavors when it comes to right. the musical space. But I think if I had to live in one, the rap rap videos, they're just doing hood shit. Or no, it's, they're they're really so not. Plus like ignorant. Little Dicky, he's yeah, rapping true. and he's just walking around in people's mansions and shit. So like I think it's fine. I'm going to do rap. I think you have more fun in rap. I don't want to sit on a porch swing, which is probably also the verse of the song and ride yeah. around and fucking rusty old if you Chevys. can if you can hop country songs you're going from riding around in chevys and enjoying a nice day to going to a bar and drinking and partying the same way that you could in a rap video you get the best of both worlds and the music is way less annoying okay but little dicky's video when he's uh, like with the brain john sax is chiming back in he's going country the outdoors mean everywhere is my bathroom interesting he's got a real shitting yeah, <laughs> his focus is on using the restroom, which is fair. When you got a shit, you got a shit. That's just all you can think That's about. That's true, hundred yeah. percent. All right, gentlemen, let's get out of here. This has been quite the conversation. We appreciate it. Go give us the follows. Go do all of the cool shit, and we are out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, Brainiacs, a championship should be more than a fantasy.